Hi, and welcome to the HSP World Podcast. With each episode, we invite a guest with the HSP trait to have a conversation about a burning HSP-related question that they have. We're not coaches or therapists. We are HSPs holding space with you. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas, and your other hosts are... Robin. And Rain. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Today, we have a new guest, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. (laughs) How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you. Great. Well, thanks for joining us today. Very happy to have you here. Um, Stephanie, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about how or when you learned about the HSP trait. Oh, my HSP trait starts 12 years ago when I get my first kid. Before I never knew what I want. I was on my way and I searched what I am, who I am, what's my position in my life. I've always felt different to the, all of the other people. And then uh, a friend of me, mine gives me a book about HSP's mothers. <laughs> And that was the opener to my HSP way. I I read this book and all these different signs and typical sentence you hear about HSP get deep into my heart. And I felt, oh, that's me. That's me. And I cried a lot. (laughs) I cried a lot. (laughs) It was such a wonderful experience for me to know who I am. Yeah. yeah it was wow. very emotional for me at that yeah. moment. I had this little baby and it's HSP2. I know this then also, and I have it in my arms and I say, oh, now I know how to handle you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing. Uh, it's interesting. I, I have heard that from other HSP parents uh, with highly sensitive children when they notice it in their children, that's when they notice it in themselves. So, yeah. Uh, kind of a cool process like that. All right. We actually had a different question planned for today. So why don't we look at the other one? Would you like to tell us what your question was? Oh, yes, my question. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I, my question was, what do HSP need for health? Yeah, to be, feel healthy and what do they do for themselves to be or stay healthy? It's a uh, questions I always ask myself and um, I have different experience and I'm interested in how it's different HSP. I'm from Germany and you from USA and I think there are different um, cultures and different handling with health, mm-hmm. right? Mm. That's a great question, Stephanie. And I think I, I for myself, um, find out that I hate perfumes. I go into a shop and there's too much smell, then I go out. I can't stay in it, (laughs) for example. I, I (laughs) I can certainly agree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much for yeah, me. Yeah. 
also if a person has too much perfume on it on herself or himself it's too much for me sometimes i can't even think <laughs> it's overwhelming yeah yeah overwhelming too much and i'm also made the experience i need much sleep how it's about you thomas do you need more sleep than others you think or less you know i sleep about eight hours um every night and i think that's about average mm -hmm. i mean <laughs> there's a part of me in the morning that doesn't want to get up because it's so comfortable in bed it's like mm -hmm. no i just want to dream some more but usually about eight hours is about enough for me i feel pretty good with eight hours um i can do with you know maybe seven hours but if it's less than that then i'm definitely dragging during the day and and you know I try to take naps, but naps, I, I don't actually fall asleep during naps, so it, it really doesn't help. So I have to get my full eight hours or so of sleep. Oh, interesting. Because I have some HSPs in my friendship, they are awake at night and sleep all the day. And I ask myself, is it, is it normal or not? <laughs> I think I've, uh, I've, I've seen all kinds of sleep schedules uh, yeah. for HSPs. There are some who are morning people. There are quite a few who are uh, night owls and like to stay up, stay up quite late. But I, I don't think that that is any one schedule is specific to HSPs. I know for myself, life is always easier when I get more sleep. Um, I haven't, I, I did have a thought during the quarantine period that maybe I would experiment with like sleeping more, like sleeping nine hours a night, which normally is unheard of. Um, I didn't end up doing it. I'm usually between seven and eight hours, and that, that's pretty good for me. I don't feel burnt out. I still feel tired. Uh, I still manage to feel tired with that, but I don't know if that's specifically related to a lack of sleep. Um, could be other things, you know, uh, causing uh, fatigue. But I, and I do notice that it's Uh, cumulative right so I can usually if I have you know one night where I only sleep five six hours my day will be fine you know I'll feel it a little bit but it won't impact me severely if I do that two or three nights in a row that's where it really starts to affect me um, yeah. so it's not so bad if you know I have one night a week where I'm uh, not sleeping as much but I have to have to be careful about not doing that too often I think I would say If I had to think about how I approach my, my health more generally, I'd, I'd probably say that I think the most key thing is balance. You know, balance and figuring out what is important, like your own individual need, right? So like right now we're talking about, okay, how much sleep do you need individually? But I think the same thing goes for everything, like for, for food, for exercise, Yeah, just for, for, I don't know, any how any substance that you might take, like a medication or something might affect you. Like, I think, yeah, those are the two things that I've, I've really tried to, principles I've tried to implement health-wise is like figuring out really how my own body reacts to certain things, even if that's different from others. And then in general, trying to achieve that right balance that, that fits for me. It's not easy to do always, though, especially when, when I'm out of sync. Like if I do feel that I need more sleep or more rest time or 
a different way of exercising or eating than what is available to me. It's, it can be tough to be different. I think for me, when I think of health, food, <laughs> food is the big deal for me. <laughs> what kind of food, Rin? What kind well, of food? Yeah, so it's really interesting for me. I I like experimenting with, you know, different things and whatnot. And um so it was quite a few years ago I was I was uh um I thought I was eating healthy and and, and whatnot. And um at any rate I came across a book called um Eat Right for Your Blood Type. And mm -hmm. it was basically explained that there's essentially two kind of groups um, that you, that people fall into. One is a hunter and one is a gatherer. Mm -hmm. So the hunters, um, if you have a blood type that falls into that group, um, you produce lots of acid, like just naturally. Your body produces a lot of acid. And the gatherers, um, their body does not produce acid very much at all, right? So that made a lot of sense to me because so people who have whose blood type falls in the gatherer uh, they can drink tons of coffee and it's actually fine for them because coffee's pretty acidic right mm -hmm. um but for if your blood type falls into the hunter area you're already produced tons of acid so in taking things that are foods and drinks that are acidic it it throws off your ph balance and so what I started experimenting with was how to balance out my pH levels in my body, uh, essentially. And um, so my blood type falls into the hunter um, kind. So, so I produce lots of acid. Um, so that means, um, and the reason your blood type, that, that is kind of a big deal is so you know, if you, if you go back into the hunter gatherer type stuff, um, hunters could, um, process meat very easily because the, the acid that they naturally produce a lot of would break down the meat. No problem. Right. Whereas the gatherers, um, they don't produce very much acid at all. So it takes a lot of energy, like a lot of their physical energy to actually process uh, and break down meat, right? So knowing that, I just started experimenting with foods and drinks that, um, that would help me balance my pH level. And so that kind of, you know, that kind of, that kind of led me off into, you know, trying, uh, trying to eat and drink different things. And I know, Stephanie, you're off in Europe, so, um, you know, food is, is different there. Right. Uh, I'm in, I'm in Canada. So, um, like for instance, your milk products, um, they're, um, what is it, that thing they do with, with milk here in North America? Tea milk. Sorry, pasteurization. Um, pasteurization that's right thomas yeah we pasteurize it here and and plus there's a lot of hormones and and antibiotics and stuff that the you know the cows are injected with and all that right, right. so whereas it seems in europe there's 
a bit less of that going on. And, and I mean, some of it's just due to, you know, Canada's a big country. So, you know, you know, whatever, they put a lot more um, preservatives in, in food, I think, you know, depending on what kind of food you're eating. But it's different there, isn't it? Actually, maybe this is a, a good point for a little bit of a disclaimer. Just, uh, I mean, we've already said this, but you know, we're not, we're not, we're not no. giving health advice here. <laughs> None no. of us have no. any uh, uh, nutrition or, or medical background. We're, so please, no. if anyone is listening and they're they're contemplating some of the things we're talking about, you know, please do always like consult people who are, are more specialized in those areas. We're just talking about, I think, you know, how things that we've done as HSPs and mm -hmm. you know, how, how we've found little things that work for us. Right. Absolutely. Yes, it's different. I think so too. Here, they control stricter, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. what's in the food. Mainly yeah. get easier off of the food chain. They put yeah. it out yeah. if there is something not okay. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. My experience, I don't know if it's true or not, you maybe tell me, but it's my experience that they easily took put off something that makes no sense or if there are any results or studies about it, it's not good for the humans, they put it off. Yeah, yeah. More easily, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but it's actually, a, 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 I found it to be a really interesting experience to, you know, sort of approach food in a completely different way, I suppose more uh, in, a, in an energetic way, like what, how is this piece of food, how, you know, after I eat it, how does my body feel, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's a really different way to kind of come about it and it and it's very individual you know it's yeah. very individual and um so i i just sort of started um experimenting and doing different things um like uh, so I, I i stopped uh drinking milk um and and you know that's it i haven't i don't drink milk you know basically and that's been for quite a while and just and I, the one thing I'm not supposed to drink is coffee, but I can't help it. And I do drink one, one every day. But what I do do is I eat extra greens to offset it. Okay. And yeah. And to even out the, the, the pH level because the bitters and the dark greens will kind of do that um, for me, you know, with my body. Right. I, for myself, start the day with celery juice. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Wow. Everybody looks at me like I'm an alien if I tell them <laughs> I drink celery juice in the morning without eating mm. anything and only celery juice. And then mm. I wait one hour and then I eat porridge. Mm. Yeah. But only with a little bit milk grain. A little bit milk. Okay. Because of the taste. I need it. But I don't fit with them yes i have mm -hmm. my problems after eating this but only with little bit and a lot of water it's no problem if i cook with milk and water it goes but if i took only milk it's too much 
Interesting. <laughs> maybe it's, Interesting. Maybe it's an experience for you and who helps you to to do other experiments with it. Because my experience is lots of HSPs like milk, cheese and something like that. Especially in Europe, cheese in Switzerland and Germany is all over. You find everywhere cheese. Very good mm. cheese, but I can't eat that much mm. because I get problems. But I can't not eat cheese. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> like chocolate. Chocolate is not good that much, but I like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm very skinny. When you when you have a look at me, Thomas ha has seen me. I'm very skinny. So most people think, oh, chocolate no problem for you. You are very skinny and you can eat what you want. Mainly yes, but sometimes it's not good for me because I get stomach ache or headache mm -hmm. after eating something. I don't know if you know this experience. Sometimes I eat something and I get headache and I wonder why. What I eat. And sometimes I think it's because of the chemicals. Sometimes I think it's not my day today. Uh, there was something different in it. Um, I never know. And that's sometimes really strange to me because one day I eat it, nothing happens. And the next day I eat it and I feel bad. Mm. <laughs> Do you know such experience? Have you also such experience that you something one it day could be, sometimes it's a question of what's in particular kinds of chocolate, right? There can be particular additives or, I mean, the chocolate is a very vast product and it can be produced very differently from one uh, brand to the, to the next. So it could be right. depend, like taking note of what exactly um, is in the, the chocolate that you ate that gave you a headache versus something that went down fine. And I think some chocolates might have caffeine or something else like that in that. Yeah. I, I myself, I eat one square of chocolate every day. <laughs> so in that sense, I, I try to moderate in, in the sense that I don't, I don't like eat a whole chocolate bar, which would have a lot of sugar and all that. But I like having that. I eat, um, you know, whatever, 72, 75% dark chocolate. So it's just one, one little square a day. And I don't know if it helps, but it makes, it keeps me happy. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I understand uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one, one thing that actually that I do feel is very beneficial for me at least is I drink a lot of water. I, I try to stay hydrated. I try to be drinking water every hour. And there's just something about when I start getting a little bit dehydrated, that's when the, for me, that's when the headaches start. That's when I feel more tense and more nervous. And or you can just, or feel like you're hungry when you're when you're actually thirsty. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's helped me quite a bit, just to keep reminding myself to stay hydrated. I'm I'm looking around and I don't see my cup of water, so <laughs> I got to go drink something after this. I always have to have that. Um. And then, and then for health, Robin, I think you mentioned exercise. I, I find that I need to get outdoors and take a walk. Mm -hmm. I don't do strenuous, strenuous exercise, but I do 
need to take a walk. I walk at least a mile a day, which is not very much, but you know, it's, it gets me out of outside and, and gets me away from, <laughs> from the, the computer screen and everything else. I, when I walk, I don't listen to anything. In other words, I don't have my earbuds in. I just, I just go walk and just experience the outdoors as it is. And I find that very uh, beneficial as well. Yes, for me too. I have a dog and I must go outside. <laughs> he he, he me to go more out. Yeah. That was the reason why I, we, a year ago, we took him to our family. My son always wants a dog. I never, I always thought, no, no, no. And then I get very ill last year and I decided to, to have a dog for healing myself. And it really functions. Yeah. He makes me fitter. I'm more healthier. I'm more happier because mm. his love is so fulfilling for me. It's, yeah. it's amazing. I think for me, animals are also important to most HSPs. Don't you think? Have anybody That's a whole other you? topic? Keep us on that. Yes, animals. I mean, yeah. I think you can make. A, I mean, if you want to still connect with the health, I think you can make a, an argument that animals are important to our health, even like having some kind of uh, connection or presence with animals. Uh, not everyone feels that as strongly, but I think I have heard a lot of HSPs talk about uh, how much they value their relationships with animals or, or just knowing that there are animals nearby, even if it's like, I don't know, a bird coming to make a nest in your backyard or something like that. So, yeah. Good for their mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to go back to exercise for a second, I think the other thing that's interesting uh, about your example, Stephanie, is that, you know, you find, you kind of, Found, there was there was something that pulled you into discovering an exercise that was good for you. In this case, it was your relationship with your dog. And yeah. uh, I found I all my exercise habits have kind of come up tangentially. I've never said like, okay, I'm gonna work out and that's it. When I've done that, like it doesn't really stick. Um, when it's grown out of a natural love for something, it's it's then it's become like a habit that has stuck with me for years. So for example. I got into running because I remember when I was uh, studying a lot, sometimes uh, when I was first living by myself and I uh, was studying a lot, sometimes I was like, man, I just gotta, I gotta get up and get out of the house. So I would just put music on and I would go for a walk. And then after a while I was like, oh, this would be better if I walked faster. And then after a while I was like, oh, this would be better if I was actually running, you know, and I'm putting on more intense music. And so I kind of, <laughs> built up to it and then eventually I was like you know what I, I just like running okay so I want to do that and that's something that I've done for I don't know like a good 10 years now not seriously I don't know that I run much better than I did 10 years ago but but I still do it um mm. same thing for for dance it's something that I do because I again I like it's the music it's the social interaction even going to the gym I actually started getting into doing more I guess like resistance and weight training because I had colleagues who would always go to the gym at lunch and 
you know, they were doing these fun programs and I got to know them a little bit better that way. So I was like, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't I go? You know, it's right there. People I know are going. So I let the social pressure, like, you know, carry me to, to a good habit. And then it just became something that I enjoy doing. And now sometimes like I'll do it at home by myself or, you know, I don't, now I don't necessarily need those people to be there to do the workout. I enjoy it for what it is, but it, it was like, it, I think it, it's, if you're not the kind of person who likes the idea of exercising, I think uh, focusing on like how, what are the things that I do enjoy that will bring me into this or focusing on, you know, how am I going to feel after um, or what's the overall benefit that it's going to bring me. Like, I think those are the two ways that I've motivated myself to exercise. I think it comes to this more general point that that touches a, a little bit on what you were saying, Rain, that, you know, I think experimenting, is really important especially because you know some of the standards that are out there in terms of what is healthy for you may may be more uh, appropriate for the 80 percent of the population that doesn't have a highly sensitive nervous system so it's Mm -hmm. always important whether you're talking about food or sleep or exercise or even medications like i think it's always important to to be willing to experiment and try different things like i had a similar experience to what rain described of like completely changing the way i eat unapproached mm-hmm. food, when my, my lifestyle, uh, my work situation changed, and I suddenly had to experiment with other ways to, you know, to stay fed and keep my energy up. And mm-hmm. um, when you find something that works, it just makes such a difference. And, it's, and, and it doesn't become an effort, right? Like you don't feel like you're dieting or, or forcing yourself mm-hmm. to go to the gym. Like when you find those things that really work for you, mm-hmm. it just makes sense. I mean, yeah, you have, sometimes you have to push yourself. Or sometimes you may, you know, slip and eat a little bit too much chocolate, but it's, it's a little bit more holistic, right? Right. Yeah, that's, that's what I found with, um, cause some of the things I eat is like parsley and like people, some people have said, oh my God, how do you eat parsley? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, cause it's, you know, it's kind of a bitter and, and, uh, but you know, it's really funny because. Um, I just started experimenting with it and I thought, oh, this is a really good, you know, this is a really good um, thing for balancing my pH level. Um, Then I noticed, oh, geez, you know, it's, I have, you know, it gives me energy. That's, that's important, you know? And so I just started finding ways, um, you know, to make it kind of more palatable and just kept, uh, you know, it's like those benefits overrode, you know, because I don't know what it's like in Europe, but um, in in Canada, or at least how I was brought up, it, you know, a lot of food is starchy and sugary. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, you know, kind of feels really weird at first to start to eat things that are, are not. Um, but I found that just my taste buds changed after a while. <laughs> and to me, it's, it's like eating, you know, lettuce. It just has more, um, you know, vitamins and minerals in it for me, I think, or something. I'm just, it just, it feels good. It, it, um, yeah, I, I like eating it and it's, and it, and it's not, you know, I wasn't approaching anything like a diet, you know, like, oh, I gotta, mm-hmm. you know, it was more, um, what benefits me, you know, 
like what what benefits me and and kind of going with that but at the same time you know you know some odd reactions from other people you know because at one point I wasn't I wasn't eating meat and you know some people were like oh you know what are you are you a this or a that or a, you know I don't know and I was just like no I'm just I'm just seeing what how my body feels you know I'm just experimenting to see what works for me and you know kind of what doesn't you know and it's very it was very weird to see people's reactions to it because I I wasn't saying they had to eat any different way (laughs) you know yeah it's funny it's funny how people you know think and feel about food everybody is different and I think everybody has find out themselves what works and what not i always gotcha. tell my tell my friends if they are also hsp like me that's my experience please try you can try it if you want if it feels right for you i th- always say feels right for you because mm-hmm. I think it's so important to to hear on your intuition yeah through yeah. all of your heart I've, i've made the best experience ever if i only in the head it's not not good decisions always mm-hmm. i don't know if it it's, it's like this when it comes from my heart it was always good for me and otherwise not mm. i think um i think of my friends who have allergies or who have even like chronic uh, illnesses like chronic digestion or energy conditions and I think I think this is a little bit I think what they have as an approach is is similar you know and I mean again even that's not uh, you can't overgeneralize there but I've seen a lot of people you know I think it I think we understand a little bit better when someone who has allergies says like oh well you know I've I've tried this nut and nothing happens to me but if I try that nut oh if I even smell it it, it's you know I break out in hives right so I think that kind of concept I think we understand a little bit better why someone with allergies, you know, observes their own personal reactions and has this like individual pattern in response to particular foods or other substances. And I think, I think it could help HSPs to borrow from that approach and to say, okay, like what, maybe I don't have an allergy, maybe I do, but even if it's not an allergy as such, like how, how do I react to things? Mm-hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and and that's, and it may not appear on paper, but let me actually go slow and observe and see what happens. I can can definitely second that approach. What I found for me is that certain, certain nuts like cashews and certain oils like fish oils cause me to have uh, heart palpitations. And so... So I'm not allergic to those, but they definitely affect me in some way. And so I just have to learn, you know, to, to sort of pay attention when, when I start getting, you know, heart palpitations again, I have to think, okay, what, what is it that I'm eating now that might be causing that? And I love the idea of, you know, honoring the sensitivity of your, your body and your system, right? Like, so, so even like splitting hairs to the point of saying like, well, okay, I can have that nut, but not that nut, or I can have this oil, but if it's raw and not cooked, right? Like, and I, I do know like friends with allergies who will say, yeah, I can have this kind of wine, 
but not that kind of wine because there's like this element in it or something. And yeah, you know, why not? If you, if your body is sensitive at that level, then why not go with it? Right. Right. I, I think so too. Yes. For me, it's also difficult because some wines I drink, nothing happens. And another wine I took only a little bit and the next day I had a headache. Mm -hmm. I've experienced that too. Me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Robin, like, do you like wine or do, don't you drink anything? Some, um, some don't drink alcohol at all. So this is, a, this is another thing that I noticed. Um, actually, with age, I noticed that my, my body processed alcohol differently. One day I was, I was having some beer that, you know, before had never bothered me. And I woke up the next day and I felt like I was having an allergic reaction to it. And it didn't make sense, but I began experimented with, okay, like if I have a, a white beer versus a red beer, and it seems, you know, there I, I haven't done it scientifically, so I can't tell you what is in each type to, that sets me off or not, but I can generalize a bit at this point, and I know there are some that make me, that, that are fine, I can have, you know, I can have a glass and I'm okay, there's others, Uh, I don't feel good or they kind of make me feel sleepy or heavy or just, you know, it's just, it's an unpleasant feeling even from one glass. So, so yeah, again, it's super individual, mm -hmm. but it's worth finding out. But. Yes. Very interesting. What you tell me about health, it's a little bit different to, to Europe, I think, but most things the same. <laughs> mm. yeah. really interesting I wanted to mention one thing that relates back to to exercise and, and the body and that is, is, is I work at the computer all day long and so that means sitting and I actually have an egg timer uh, on my desk and what I do is I set the egg timer to 25 minutes and, and then I do my work. And when the 25 minutes is up, it rings and it just reminds me to get up out of my chair and walk around for a bit. And even if I just, you know, get up and walk around for just a minute or two, it seems to, to it, my body just feels so much better than, than sitting there for a long time. I, I feel it definitely in my joints if I don't get up uh, frequently. So that's just a little, a little thing that I do, you know, a little tiny bit of technology, which is just the egg timer that I found really helpful for just feeling better. That's a great tip, Thomas. Yes, really great tip. Because, Because we can forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, always forget. I always sit a very long time to the computer too. Because now at Corona, Before not, but now. And it's a very good tip, Thomas. I think about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, you, you guys are, are good, actually, because uh, I can't help but forget. I think I have an inner egg timer that, you know, after <laughs> a certain amount of time, I just can't pay attention. And I have to get up and go to the other room, ah. get a glass of water mm. and come back. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I can get so involved with what I'm doing with, with work or whatever it is that I'm doing that I could sit there for, like, two and a half hours straight if, if I didn't have that reminder, you know. Yes, when I'm in the flow, I don't realize anything around me. <laughs> I think that's what you mean, Thomas, huh? Exactly. Mm. Yeah, you get in the flow. Mm -hmm. 
then nothing around depends on me. Nothing can control me. And sometimes my children stand behind me and say, Mom, how are you? And I'm, what? <laughs> I look around and then I see and they stand sometimes they stand 15 minutes behind me and I don't realize them <laughs> <laughs> so I think a reminder is sometime, something I should do in my daily checklist yeah. <laughs> for doing yeah. for my health well Stephanie I think we've had a wonderful conversation today I'm curious how you feel about this conversation and were there some points that resonated with you? Yes, many resonate with me. Thank uh -huh. you very much to Robin, Rain and you. And it was a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for um, your courage to ask the question on the podcast. I really enjoyed chatting about it. And I know your question is going to be helpful for other HSPs too. I hope so. That was my intention to do this. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. So thank you, Stephanie, and thank you to our listeners. So please join us for our next episode where we'll be having another interesting HSP conversation. To any highly sensitives who have a burning HSP-related question, big or small, we invite you to ask it on the HSP World podcast. Just email info at hsp.world. <laughs>